Welcome to YGTV and YG Workshop, presented by First Federal Bank and sponsored by Circle Electric and Health Payment Systems. I'm your host, David Bellman, president of Bellman Homes. YG Workshop is a collaborative environment designed to help businesses see their blind spots, consider new perspectives, and grow toward their goals. Today, the team and I are helping Amanda Steffel, founder of Timber Hill Winery. Let's meet the panel. I'm Ariel Kopak, mindset coach, founder of Harness Your Hindrance. I'm Lori Hybe, CEO of Keystone Click, a strategic digital marketing agency. I'm Mervyn Bird. I'm a Vistage chair and executive coach. I'm David Bellman, president of Bellman Homes and one of the founders of the Young Guns movement. Welcome to the Young Guns podcast, bringing together entrepreneurs and business leaders that break the rules and challenge conventional wisdom. Thanks and enjoy the show in three, two, one. We are joined here today by Amanda Steffel of Timber Hill Winery. Welcome to YG Workshop, Amanda. How are you? Good. Thank you for having me. Excellent. So you have a very interesting story of how you got into winery. So please share your story and then let us know a little bit about your business. Sure. So I went to school at the University of Iowa for microbiology and I heard about winemaking at a conference right after I graduated. And that's kind of where the fire was first lit. And then after that, I went to school then for winemaking and winery management and was making wine at home. And I just really fell in love with the winemaking side of everything. And I was also working in a lab and missing interacting with people and seeing you know people enjoying the product and everything. Sure. And so the idea of starting my own winery began and <laughs> it went from there. Okay, so how does the, uh, the background in microbiology relate to uh, wine tasting? I would imagine that there's kind of a neat advantage of that because you understand you know, how, how it all relates and how, how it affects the palate and everything. Right, I, fermentation is a science, you know, it's thankfully a pretty easy science though. <laughs> sure. And you know, there's different strains of yeast, there's different things that you add to the wine and having the science background to that, I think gave me a good advantage in the industry. Having that background on top of going to the winemaking classes as well, it was a, a good way to start off. Yeah, I think it's a heck of a differentiator. You know, is, I think that's a great story that you can share. So as far as your, your winery, what sets your winery apart from other uh, wineries in the area? And what, what makes you different? I would say there's a quite a few things that set us apart. First off, we have a great variety of wines. So we have almost 30 different types of wine. And just that variety, we've you know, a lot of people sometimes will come in and they've never had wine or they don't usually like wine, but having that variety, they're bound to find one that they do like. And then just our overall sense of community that we provide and try to make everyone feel welcome and right from when they walk into the door until they leave, we want them to leave feeling like they just experience something more than just drinking wine. Okay, fantastic, I love it. So you came here for a reason. You have some questions or maybe some challenges that you wanna work out about your business. So uh, luckily we have a very talented panel here that'll answer uh, your questions. So what is your most pressing question for your business? So the last few years we have seen substantial growth, which is amazing, especially as a small business. But 
With growth, of course, comes growing pains. And I would say, to me, it's very important to still have that sense of community and to feel like a small business. But with growth, sometimes you can kind of get too big. <laughs> and so sure. I would love some advice on how to avoid essentially getting too big without losing that sense of community and small business vibe that we have right now. Okay, that's a great question, and I think we would uh, love to dive into that a little further. But before we do that, our panelists have a few questions for you so they understand your business a little bit better. So um, turn it over to you guys. Uh, Ariel, do you want to start with a question? Love to. So this community that you've built and cultivated, where have they come from? How have you attracted the customers that you currently are serving? I would say social media has been one of the biggest drivers for our business. We have an extremely engaged audience on Facebook, and so that has really helped us harness that community vibe as well because people can interact with each other on social media that they might not even know the people and they still are able to interact and you know talk about the wines, the events, and everything we have going on. And they can, of course, share it with their friends. And so social media has been one of the biggest growth factors for us in creating that community vibe too. That's fantastic. Um, what is the fear that you are, what is the item that you fear losing, I guess, specifically around sense of community? Because that, that's a fairly broad statement. Sure. So right now, I pride myself on being able to recognize a lot of our customers when they walk in the door and even you know, trying to remember names and faces is very important to me and to my staff. I, you know, I try to encourage them to get more familiar with the mm -hmm. people that come. And so losing that sense of, you know, kind of like the TV show Cheers where everybody knows your name, mm -hmm. uh, that's kind of just... That's the vibe that you like to have with exactly, your business. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Good. So, when I think of when you said the, the community, the Facebook community, and then getting people in, what are your thoughts around uh, your getting someone else on a team or teammates to be that person? And you're, you're one individual. And if you do grow to, I mean, how many people can, can one know? So what are, your, what are your thoughts around getting some of your teammates or, or hiring those right people to get to be those faces? Right, and that's something I've been working on already is expanding my team and getting people who are more involved with like helping with social media and just creating those customer relationships as well. Okay, um, so my question for you is right now with what you're doing, what are, what are your main job duties? What are, what are you mainly responsible for right now at your company? <laughs> I would say I'm trying- I got my notepad out, so. <laughs> <laughs> Right now, I've really been trying to delegate more and transition into a more managerial role. In the past, it's been uh, almost five years that we've been open, and I've really worn a lot of the hats over the past few years. And so I have delegated some of the winemaking tasks to an assistant winemaker, and then I've been delegating the social media to some people and then opening myself up to focus on the big picture tasks and the 
the not so fun things like payroll and those kind of tasks are things that I still have to do. But overall, for me, becoming more of just a manager and delegating things to other people and then keeping focus on the big picture tasks. Then. Okay, good. That sounds like you're in the right direction there. Other questions that you have? How are you leading your team to continue that sense of community that you're talking about? So you sound, you're clearly a, a people person. You mentioned that, and you can see even now that you're very engaging. Uh, so I'm curious how you're leading your team in the culture, explaining the culture that you want to have and keep, and how they can really live that out and c continue that culture even when you're not there in the room. Right. I mean, right now, I would say just leading by example, but creating some process would probably be beneficial in a training process for our team so that they could hopefully learn. And like you said, when I'm not there, it would mm -hmm. still follow through and they would know what to do to continue it. Have you made progress on thinking through what that process might look like? Or is that something that's kind of a big unknown for you right now? Yeah, I would say that's kind of more on the unknown. Um, I'm curious, um, first off, yes, the sense of community is important to you, but how important is it to the community and, and the customer base as a whole? I would say from the feedback I have received, I think our customers also really appreciate mm -hmm. it. We do events for nonprofits as well, and so we encourage our customers and others to give back to the community, and so we try to relay that on to our group. and. I think overall that's a big part of why we've seen success is because mm -hmm. of that. I'm trying to get a sense for <clears throat> what the, I guess the percentage or the ratio is between your Facebook community and the community that you actually do see come through the door. Because again, if you said your Facebook is a, is a big part of the growth, yep. I mean, you don't, need to, you don't need to recognize anyone that way, right? So if, what, what's the percentage that you, you think these people are engaged on Facebook versus folks that come through your door or go to events that you host? I would say a pretty high percentage. I wouldn't be able to give you an exact number, but I would think it'd be pretty substantial. Uh, and that's kind of helped me too with recognizing names and faces, seeing people's comments and associating their name and photo with the post engagements and everything. Mm -hmm. That is a nice aid for me in the business to so when they come in the door I kind of because I just saw their post from yesterday I'm able to remember who they are faster I think and so I would say the majority of our Facebook following when you look at the statistics it is pretty local and so it is people who are engaging online and then coming in for events and everything too. Okay, good. So you had mentioned one thing when we were talking prior to the show, and one of the new objectives that you have is that you are working on a new vineyard, right? And you're going to have a local vineyard where you're going to grow your own wine, correct? Right. Okay. So, you know, I guess my question for you is that's almost like a whole new operation in and of itself. So have you begun any planning or started to think about how that looks and how that's going to integrate with the rest of your business? And, and how you're going to make that all work? Yep, so we have been working on the building plans right now. And so we purchased almost 50 acres, uh, just kind of on the north side of town. So not less than five minutes from where we are right now. 
and we'll be planting the vineyard in just a couple of weeks here. And did you say planting it? Planting. Wow, the vineyard. that's exciting. Yeah. Okay. So we'll be planting the vineyard and then hopefully breaking ground on a building where we will be able to expand our space for tasting room, retail, and everything. And then also for the events. Too. Okay. So just to dive a little deeper on the question that I was asking, ha have you taken it as far as you know how many staff people you're going to need to manage this or how that how that part of it's going to look like? Have you worked that out yet or are you still kind of, you're just going to build it and then they come? Yeah, I, I've definitely been trying to plan ahead to figure out a better idea of how much more staff we will need and I've also been taking into consideration staffing with the building plans. So designing the building so that it's almost in need of less staff with the increase of customers that we'll be seeing and creating zones for the staff as well so that they won't have to be running all around the building. Gotcha. Any other questions that you guys have? I, I guess I'm just, I, I'm trying to figure out what What's the what's what's the end game with this, uh, with with the new building and the fifty acres and your wine, you know, build, what, what's your end game there? What are you what are you looking to, what are you looking to accomplish? Because I'm thinking about other ways for you to grow. Um, I don't suppose that I would have thought putting a vineyard in Milwaukee would have been <laughs> would have been. <laughs> but what what's your end game? So, again, back to that community sense, I just. Right now, we are very full at our capacity. You know, we'll, we have to turn people away on weekends. And so with this new space, 50 acres is a lot of room for a lot of people, but then it's also more outside and kind of creating more of like a farm type vibe to it as well. And so just having a bigger space where we can have more people and then hopefully, of course, sell more product, but then also just having a better atmosphere too. So right now we are in the industrial area of Milton and a vineyard and winery is to me an agricultural business, not an industrial business. Mm -hmm. And so being able to expand out into agricultural land and kind of getting back to the roots, literally with the vineyard and everything. and having it be kind of like a farm to table only wine mm -hmm. version. So then you'll be able to really see the full picture and get an overall better experience too. Okay, fantastic. Do you have any, one last question. I do, I okay. do. Uh, it just came to me. Do you have any strategic partners as, as Mervyn alluded to the opportunities for growth? Who are your strategic partners that you're using as far as perhaps distributors or I think about you know, events or ways that you can get your name and exposure out there beyond social media. Do you have any strategic partners in that sense? I don't really have any right now, so that would be something that we could work on. Awesome. Okay. Well, great. We've got, I think, a good picture of what you're working on and what you're, you're doing there with the winery, and it's all very exciting. Um, now we're going to shift a little bit and start to talk a little bit about some suggestions that we have for you and your business. So. Who uh, would like to start? Who's got something for Amanda that they want to share? I have a few. Okay. <laughs> All right. Ariel, you have the floor. Well, I'm a fan. Uh, so I 
shared with Did my you mom. wine in the glass, sir? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Not yet. Okay. Uh, I have a bad. We actually had Timber Hill Winery for Thanksgiving, uh, with our Thanksgiving family meal. And so I told my mom that you were going to be on Young Guns Workshop. And she said, ooh, tell her that I want more of those small bottles of wine because I would buy many of those versus the large size bottles of wine. Tell her that. <laughs> and then I told uh, another friend of mine who I know I love loves that. wine. And she, I said, a Timber Hill Winery is going to be on the show. She said, ooh, tell her that they could do these, these quotes that would be really neat. And I, I would love it if I could buy the wine with those you know, little extra quotes on it. And I thought it was so funny that just mentioning this, they were coming out with ideas. And I said, OK, OK. And immediately it prompted for me the idea of perhaps, as you talk about that community and engagement, perhaps having a way of your clients and your customers saying what they would like from you. And you could kind of choose and then promote that idea being taken action upon. Um, I think about the opportunity for that feedback, I think idea box or, or you know, yeah. letting your customers, always having it available to them and saying, you know, we always want to hear from our customers what they want more from us. So getting that as a part of your culture, I think can really engage your customers, even if they don't know their face. If they see something that they thought of and you put that to action, they're bought in to your, mm -hmm. to your business, right? <laughs> yep. uh, and then also I think, the aspect of how do you keep that community, even if there isn't that personal relationship, that just being acknowledged is key. So in thinking about process or systems, having a way of your client accounts, tracking what they bought last time or what they liked, and then you know saying, oh, how was that rosé that you bought last time? I see that you purchased that. Did you enjoy that? That piece of connection is enough, even if the person who's asking the question doesn't know their name and face. Okay. So thinking about that as a, a systems piece. I'll take a break. And, I love that. Yeah, fantastic. And I was like, I almost right. wondered if you switched spots because Ariel's doing the marketing stuff and, and Lori was doing the mindset stuff and I'm like, what's going on? It has Lori scrambling here yeah. with another suggestion. No. What am I going to talk about? Love it. Um, I love your passion for what yes. you're doing. It totally comes through and I, I think that's fascinating. Um, I, and the community aspect of it, I respect that a ton. And I think what you can do, as you grow, you are not going to be able to be know everyone's name. You know, the Cheers is works because it's small and intimate, and there's five people there. Okay, <laughs> you're looking, you're you're gonna win and grow. And I love the the growth in the environment, the agriculture, moving the whole uh, business to that space. Um, so you've got a community that is passionate and is supporting of you. So make them advocates of you. Uh, give them, you know, a, a label or a space on the wall in your new building and say, you know, these are the people that, you know, reward them for what they are already doing, which is loving your brand and advocating for you. And let them be that face and that voice on top of you. So you're at the top of the food chain and you've got a team of people that you continue to communicate with and tell the story. And then they're out there spreading the wealth to, to the world. Also, you don't have to just be... Um, the one-to-one -one communication. As long as your face is still out there on social media, you know, big picture, one-to-many, they're gonna feel the connection. Even though you may not personally know everyone's name, they are gonna feel connected to you. So you're not gonna lose that sense of community. This is when I regret going last because, <laughs> <laughs> because they've said it so much yeah. more eloquently than I ever could. But my simple thing was you control your narrative. Mm -hmm. You control that conversation. And just to what I was going to say exactly what Lori was saying, you speak one to all of those who are following you on social media. Don't let that thing become a runaway train with no gears and no brakes. Mm -hmm. And you, know, you control that narrative. You control how you outflow your message, 
And that's, that's how you're going to win, ultimately. Yeah. Good stuff. So I'm going to give you an exercise to do. And this is something that I did uh, with, with my business as I was kind of taking it over and, and growing it a little bit. And so one of the challenges as a business owner is that you know, you can only do so much. And I'm sure you love making wine and that's probably your passion, right? But you're, you're the owner of this and now you're, you're growing it and you're adding the vineyard. So you have to put on that owner's hat, right? Mm -hmm. So what you need to do is, I, I really want you to do, I call it like a, a skill versus enjoyment matrix. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what you do is you just draw like a cross on a piece of paper. And in the upper right corner is gonna be high skill, high enjoyment. So these are things that you love to do, but they also take a, a good deal of skill, right? Mm -hmm. And then on the next part, on the other side of it, on the bottom left, it's going to be um, high skill, low enjoyment. So you still have to know what you're doing, but you know you don't really love that work. Now, if we go flip over to the other half, this is the low enjoyment or the low skill stuff, rather. So the low skill stuff and high enjoyment. So this might be like, hey, I like to post on social media. It doesn't, you know, you can hire somebody to do that, right? And then the last one is the low skill, low enjoyment. And so those are the things that you need to get rid of immediately, right? Those are the things you need to hire for. Those are easy to do. Um, the harder one is when you get into that, that high skill, low enjoyment. So as your business is making money and more profitable, then you can afford to hire out. So maybe that's, yeah, I'm gonna hire a professional bookkeeper full-time to do that. Or maybe early on it's like, I'm just gonna hire somebody to manage my social media. So make a list of everything that you do and then put it in this chart. Where does it fit in the chart? And then that'll give you some guidance as far as where, you know, what you need to get rid of and when. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Okay. I want to take a moment to commend you because I'm very impressed going from a microbiology degree to winemaking to starting this business to buying 50 acres of land. I mean, the you're just going. Yeah, the entrepreneur <laughs> skill is awesome, yeah. I absolutely love it. I think it's incredible. And I think if you can just think about how to continue what you're doing but expand. So thinking about those strategic partners, right? How could you be in that high skill, high enjoyment? I love that, that graph aspect. How can you be in that high skill, high enjoyment place and be creating advocates of clients and also advocates of strategic partners while in that space? So who could be advertising your wine? Who could be distributing your wine? I think about you know weddings, events, uh, vendors who are food vendors, caterers who perhaps don't go have a go-to uh, winery that they can support. And because there's that sense of con connection with local business owners, right? And that yep. mutual respect. So I think about the opportunity for strategic partners where you can be in your lane doing what you're great at and creating more awareness and expansion at the same time. Sure. Do you have a founder circle of of sorts for your for some of your early members of your wine winery or yeah we so we have a monthly wine club and we call it the herd since our logo is antlers for deer and uh, that's a great idea to maybe even hone in on the wine club to some of those founding members and recognize them better and maybe create some kind of ambassador program with them. Sure, they have a great sounding board too. You know, they, they've been with you from the beginning, so they probably have some neat insight for you on your business. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Anything else? Any other advice? 
I've got one last thing too that I, it's just a, more of a marketing piece. So sorry, Lori, I'm gonna jump okay. into your pool <laughs> for a minute. But you know, I think it's a neat opportunity with you having the local vineyard and you, you, know, you were talking about community. You know, uh, really think about, this is kind of what I was getting at to at the beginning, which was really think about how that all plays together. And is it tours? Do you do some tours of people and they can see the vineyard? And then people like to buy local, right? And they, oh, this is made here in Wisconsin. It was, you know, grown and made here. You know, play that up and use that as part of your marketing. And then, you know, kind of wind that in all together with the tours and everything. And I think you've got something kind of fun. And you can keep that community while you're still growing. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Alluding to, uh, I think about companies that have done this well, where it's a culture, and no matter you know who's on the other side of the table, they get that same sense. Think about Chick Fil A, Southwest, some of these mm -hmm. companies that are really well known for their culture. And so, defining what that community, what that that aspect of the mm -hmm. community that really means so much to you, it's not just about what you say, but how you want the customer to feel. So if you can really define how you want your customer to feel and then how do you communicate to the team about that being very important and how they can cultivate that feeling for your customers, then I think you let, can let go of this fear about the loss of community because it's about how they feel and you can create and cultivate that feeling uh, and expand your team so that they feel it no matter who's on the other side of the table. Yeah, that sounds great. All right, any parting wisdom? No, we're good? we're good? All right, so we've given you a lot. We've thrown a lot of different things at you, Amanda. What do you think was your biggest takeaway from being on here today? I think the idea of coming up with some strategic partners that could really help harness our growth and, and keep up with that community, but allowing it to open up to other people and partnering up with some mm -hmm. others, I think would be very beneficial. All right, fantastic. Well, you have an amazing business concept. You have a really cool background, great story. It's very exciting to see what you're doing, and we really look forward to seeing how you apply some of this information and take it to the next level. So once again, Amanda, uh, on behalf of uh, everyone here at The Young Guns, uh, thank you for being on YG Workshop, and we wish you the best. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Do we get to open the wine now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's party time. <laughs> Thanks to Amanda for joining us today on YG Workshop presented by First Federal Bank and sponsored by Circle Electric and Health Payment Systems. Do you know an entrepreneur that would like to come on the show? Have them visit younggunsmovement.com and apply. And make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel as well as follow our podcast so you don't miss a single episode of YGTV. I'm your host, David Bellman, president of Bellman Homes. Thanks to our panel, Lori, Ariel, and Mervyn, as well as our guest, Amanda Steffel. See you next time.